Hey Afros community, welcome back to the Afros Show, where we host mobile experts to unlock valuable and actionable insights on how you can grow your app. No matter where you are in your app growth journey, we are here to help you reach your mobile growth goals. Let's dive into today's episode. Today we are thrilled to be joined by Simon Thiele, who is the Head of App Store Optimization for AGN's Valid Partners AppTweak. AppTweak is the leading ASO tool that offers mobile leaders with a comprehensive yet simple self-service platform, helping them grow their apps through actionable insights. AppTweak's all-in-one platform offers ASO intelligence, ad intelligence, app intelligence, and market intelligence, truly giving mobile leaders the best opportunities to optimize their ASO efforts. Prepare to receive an up-to-date perspective from an ASL mastermind regarding the constantly changing mobile landscape and how to maintain your efforts for app store optimization in the current competitive market. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the App Growth Show. I am Jennifer Sansone from App Growth Network and we're very excited to be joined today by Simon from AppTweak. Hello, Simon. Hi, Jen. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we know that uh, you're a busy guy. We see you uh, out and about out in the uh, mobile industry doing a lot of conferences, events, speaking engagements. So um, we know you know your stuff. So we're very uh, grateful to have you on our show to speak to us today a little bit more about your specialty, which I believe is ASO, correct? It is. Great. Uh, so to get us started, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and about AppTweak? Sure. Um, so I'll start with AppTweak because that's usually where I, I get started most of my presentation. Uh, if any of your viewers or listeners are unfamiliar with AppTweak, uh, where is the number one ASO tool uh, available out there? So offering uh, first and foremost um, a self-service platform for anyone looking to uh, do the best they can with App Store optimization by just uh, getting insights as to their performance in the App Store, uh, visibility, but also monitoring what, uh, visibility, reviews and ratings, things like that. Uh, also monitoring competitors, uh, whether it's about uh, their uh, download estimates, their uh, creative changes in app events and live ops, which AppTweak is the first platform to support. Um, and we offer uh, a lot of advanced features uh, also when it comes to market intelligence, uh, app intelligence, etc. cetera. Uh, so it's, it's a very comprehensive uh, and complete tool um, with uh, quite a lot of uh, insights uh, calculated from our data science team. Uh, and if anyone uh, wants to find more, I think uh, I should send them to apptweak.com. Mm -hmm. uh, as for me, uh, so my name is Simon and I, I'm head of ASO at AppTweak. Uh, so I actually lead uh, a team of uh, consultants who work on some of our uh, top enterprise clients uh, to just help them uh, identify opportunities and uh, maximize ASO results uh, across different apps, different countries. Uh, so it's, it's quite thorough and it's great because it also helps us understand more what goes on in the world of ASO every day, what, what new things are arriving all the time uh, and how to continue building the, the app tweak tool as a result as well. Great, and, and this is just such an important topic. If you have an app, 
ASO is a must. There's really no way around it. Um, it's so important, it's key, it's so critical. And like you said, it's a very dynamic space, right? They, new things are coming, they're, they're changing um, quite a bit. Um, and it's probably been maybe about eight months since uh, in-app events became a big thing, right? As like a, a new feature for iOS 15. Has it been eight months or so? Uh, I would say, Right about that time, maybe a couple of weeks off, but it, it started mm -hmm. uh, October 27th, if I remember my stuff wow. correctly. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it, it was a big, uh, a big thing, I think, especially for gaming at first, but we're seeing more and more apps also uh, get started and experiment with in-app events. And uh, more recently, Google also uh, made LiveOps uh, an open beta uh, it was already uh, available for certain developers, but now any developer can ap apply on Google Play. Uh, so we're now having the challenge on both platforms and uh, many opportunities arising from that. Can you maybe talk us through what some of those opportunities are? Like you said, you see more activity happening in this area. Can you give us some examples of, of ways that marketers are taking advantage of this or you know, best practices or good ways that they're doing this? Absolutely. So I'll actually start with kind of what I see as the uh, most important change with uh, that came with in-app events. And that's the fact that um, this is um, changing partially, at least the focus of ASO. Um, I think until iOS 15 and the multiple new features we got, um, there was um, a consensus on the fact that ASO was meant to drive new installs and few people were already experimenting with uh, more of a re-download approach to, to ASO. Uh, but iOS 15 uh, introducing in-app events that are um, basically a great way to boost activity in the app. So that's going to be retention, re-engagement. Um, and as a result, there's really this possibility of doing ASO in different ways. I think that for me is the most important thing when we look at ASO in 2022 compared to previous years. Uh, it's to say that it's not just about downloads. It's not just one way of doing it with maybe different focuses, but the same kind of North Star metric at the end. Now it's more of a, uh, it's more of something that you can use uh, more or less intensely, but with different focuses. Uh, and that therefore becomes more cru crucial for any app out there. Um, so now if we look specifically at the in-app events, um, I think the, uh, there are multiple ways of using them. Um, the core function of in-app events is just to drive people to a specific content in your app. Um, and so it means that your probably the first goal should be to get more sessions. Uh, but depending on um, the actual focus of your uh, of your app, maybe the sessions are going to be enough for you to monetize, or maybe you are going to uh, build new levels in the game to try and help uh, drive new in-app purchases. Um, when it comes to uh apps that really rely on subscription maybe you will also want to kind of 
boost, uh, promote uh, certain activities in your app that you know are big drivers of uh, new subscriptions. Mm-hmm. Um, and also for re-engagement, uh, they can, I've seen personally working with one of my clients that uh, releasing in-app events can be a great way of just uh, informing news- users of new content and users who had downloaded the app in the past are likely to come, I think are more likely to come back now that we have the in-app events and hopefully not just to come back to try one thing, but come back and stay. Um, and so here I'll say one, um, one important thing to remember about in-app events is that um, when it comes to search results on, in the app store, uh, since iOS 15, users who've already downloaded an app in the past uh, are not seeing the screenshot gallery in the search results page like they used to before. Instead, they would only see the icon and text unless you have an in-app event running. And so in-app events are an important way to keep real estate in the search results uh, and make sure that your app still appears and grabs the attention of users rather than being sort of an interlude between two galleries that will grab the attention of users and drive them to competitor apps. Wow, fantastic. That actually was a really great breakdown of really the the depths of in-app events and, and why they are so important um, as, as something to leverage. So which is probably why, like you said, you've, you've been seeing more apps kind of jump on this, right? And take advantage of, of this feature. Yeah, we, we've seen that um, if we looked uh, at the top 100 games between February and April, in in most game categories, I think uh, we studied seven game categories, and at least five of them had one hundred percent of the top hundred games in that category that had actually run at least one event uh, in those three months. Um, for apps, we didn't reach those high percentages, but we still had, I think. Uh, more and more categories uh, going towards at least 50% of the top 100 uh, running one in-app events. And and I think for apps, the main challenge is to find uh, what kind of content to highlight um, and then also having the right category, uh, taking the right approach on, on how to promote content because you don't always need Uh, extremely new content. Sometimes evergreen content uh, promoted in a a seasonal way could actually make the cut and be approved by Apple. Um, And so it's really about how do you want to frame your argument as content that is um, appropriate for a specific period of time rather than thinking it's only if there's real new content in here it, it kind of depends on which event type you choose and uh, how you make the argument and eventually how it's received by uh, your Apple reviewer. So it's all about how you package it, right? It's all yeah. the, okay. um, great. Well, that's, uh, that's good information to know. Uh, I want to switch gears a little bit, kind of keeping on this iOS 15, you know, another 
thing that app marketers were so excited about was uh, custom product pages and product page optimization. Uh, can you talk to us now a little bit about that and what role that has played in ASO and also ways that app marketers can and should be leveraging this feature or these features, I should say? Well, I'll start with product page optimization because um, I think here there's been enough takes that I, I can just uh, talk about it briefly and, and share that um, it, it's been a very disappointing feature in a way uh, because the what was promised was A-B testing, which we expected would be at least as good as what Google Play uh, was offering with um with uh google play experiment uh and so far i still hope for a change in the future but uh i haven't gotten any information from apple as to when that would change one of the main issues that most developers uh encounter is that whenever you submit a new build of your app any product page optimization test you're running would stop uh, and that makes it very hard to control how long your test lasts and therefore how reliable the results are going to be um, and as a result uh, i've kind of defaulted back to trying to test first on google play um, if the test on google play is good i could consider testing with ppo a little um, I think it's really important to remember that um, what works on what platform is not always guaranteed to work on the other. And for me, it's not necessarily because users would be different, but it's at least because the, the uh, UX between the two stores is different. Um, so I still think it's worth kind of measuring whether uh, something you would want to have on Google works on Apple or vice versa. Uh, but then if, if you need to kind of go, uh, go big, maybe, but also have, um, clear, a clear view on your test results, I would think maybe Google will have a little advantage on this because you won't have to worry too much as to when the product team is going to release a new app version. Um, and then you can still use PPU to kind of confirm what's going on. Uh, and no matter how you address testing, the most important part is kind of working on making sure first you have a very strong hypothesis that can be clearly uh, making a significant change and therefore driving uh, a difference in the test. Second is controlling for the test parameters. Uh, unfortunately, neither store really helps make sure you have uh, both statistical power and statistical reliability uh, in the results. You can, you can play on one or the other, but it's hard to kind of get both for sure. So um, there's been great literature out there to kind of explain how you can try to better control that. And third, it's just remember that any AP test should be taken as something directional. It's not guaranteeing you uh, an uplift in conversion, but it, it's meant to really confirm a hypothesis or negate it and help you move on and know what makes a difference to your users. But so that's kind of my stance on PPO right now is that the, the whole challenge of um, having experiments that can be interrupted, having 
um, unclear views as to how exactly the sampling is being made. Um, those are things that make me um, see it as an additional tool rather than where I want to get started with A-B testing. Now, when it comes to custom product pages, here, I will keep a short answer, but I will say they're a huge game changer. And that's just because fundamentally what they say is that you don't have to do uh, to keep one product page for everyone anymore. Um, you actually can, like you still need to think about what your default product page is and how it's kind of going to be sort of your vanilla version. Uh, but you can also start targeting more specific personas, whether through uh, Apple search ads or different campaigns. Um, maybe it's also about highlighting very specific uh, benefits uh, like offers that you want to grant to certain users and only them. Um, but having this opportunity to really play on the message uh, and work on these intents, those personas that are going to be the, um, the underlying condition for getting people to not just see your product page, but download the app as well. So for custom product pages, um, is this a feature that you think that app marketers and they're taking advantage of, or is it still quite underutilized at this point? Um, that's a great question. Uh, and to be honest, it's, it's hard to answer because we're, we're still working on trying to make sure we can detect all, all, all custom product pages. Um, I think not a lot of marketers have started using them yet, or I think probably actually more are just in a testing phase where they want to release one or two before uh, going uh, full scale on how they would want to have a custom product page for every single campaign. Uh, but I think adoption is going to pick up uh, and definitely the amount of uh, interest on the feature has been extremely high. Uh, I think another thing that has slowed down adoption was that only a few ad networks so far have actually made uh, their tracking compatible with, uh, with custom product pages. Um, I'm definitely expecting that that will change before the end of the year. Uh, but it's true that if you're thinking you want to track everything through your MMP or through your network's own analytics uh, platform, then uh, right now, I think Iron Source and Apple Search has are the only two networks that are kind of guaranteed to work there. Um, so it's it's going to pick up for sure. And I think what's also going to be interesting are going to be people who who go outside of just the question of um, of directly using custom product pages for paid UA, uh, and instead think about how they could use them for product marketing for influencer marketing, et cetera. Interesting. Um, well, that's a very interesting take on it. I think it's a, you're painting a very realistic picture of kind of the potential, but, but, um, but where we are, right? I think probably in the, in the world of apps, this is still quite new. And like you said, if the tools or the ad networks aren't supporting it, it's probably a slower rollout, but it looks like it has, seems like it has a lot of potential right, to really 
um, to really strengthen the, these campaigns. Absolutely. And, and one other challenge uh, that may explain part of why adoption has been a bit slow is also that there's a question of ownership. Um, I think a lot of companies uh, were used to seeing ASO as mostly uh, optimizing keywords, sometimes working more towards the creatives, uh, but creatives are a topic for every, every marketing team within the marketing department. So uh, I think before you would have mostly uh, the brand team and maybe the ASO team uh, arguing on as to who controls the, the app store page. And now you have the uh, paid UA team and possibly other marketing teams that are going to also ask for having custom product pages. Uh, and that's going to mean there's more people asking for the same designers to help with their goals, uh, mm. which is a great time to be a designer, but also means you, you still have to agree. You will need to be a bit patient with your designers because they're already hopefully doing a great job. But uh, I, I know a few designers that have done tremendous work in terms of coming up with ideas for custom product pages and kind of delivering on uh, first tests. Um, and the whole challenge is also just knowing that you kind of need to scale your 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 organization to to now have this additional uh, these additional design requirements and challenges because one of the few challenges of custom product pages are that uh, store guidelines around creative still apply and so that's one of the reasons why I think that the ASO team is the most uh, appropriate team to own the feature in a way it's because you need to have someone who can help accompany each team that makes a request and support them in how to best get approved. Those are important considerations to, to take into account uh, because it is a big job at the, at the end of the day. So it's definitely something that marketers should be thinking, as you said, in kind of thinking about their own internal organization and their, their bandwidth for, for these things. Um, wanted to talk a little bit about ROI measurements um, you know, that's also kind of a, a big thing of, of how important it is to measure ROI and, and the benefits of doing so. Um, but there are also some challenges here. Can you maybe talk to us about um, best ways to, to approach this and the challenges that do come up? What are they and, and how to overcome them? Um, I don't know how uh, useful I can be here because I think... Uh, even five years after getting started in ASO, I, I still struggle at times, but I, I think the two main challenges you have when it comes to ROI measure, measurement of ASO is kind of figuring out the timeline for your ROI measurement. Uh, because uh, if, if you think about paid UA, you know when the campaign starts, you know when it ends, you know how much you spend, and you can track very easily how many installs uh, are attributed to your campaign in that time. And you don't really expect many installs to come after the end of the campaign. With ASO, ASO is much more of an infinite horizon game. And yeah. therefore, um, you could feel like you've invested a lot in ASO and two weeks later, there's not, uh, you, you're not certain you have the results you were hoping for. 
but maybe three months later, suddenly you've kind of demultiplied the, the benefits. Um, another challenge you have when it comes to ROI measurement is to actually uh, be certain of which metric you're tracking and what, what is going to be noise versus what is actually still uh, a result of a so. Um, for instance, um, if if your if your ASO focuses on creative optimization, um, not taking into account the question of CPP, but thinking that you're still driving every user to the same product page, um, then actually it's not just uh, your impact is not going to be only on your organic users, uh, but it could be all, across all channels, and. And, uh, and so the challenge you face is, are you trying to improve conversion for everyone for a certain segment without hurting others? Um, and that's where you kind of have the main question of, in the end, do you want to measure all of your channels blended or try to isolate uh, the impact of a certain effort? Uh, and that's that's where choosing your metric becomes uh, an entire debate in the company usually. Um, mm -hmm. So I, what I like to do is try to do both uh, and really kind of make sure you can discuss with um, I, um, ideally a data science team. I know this is what, what we do at AppTweak is sometimes we, we, we work with our data science team to kind of try and establish a baseline of uh, for maybe uh, all installs, uh, try to predict what based on the, on the current baseline and the seasonality we're expecting to see, what would be uh, the projected install for the next months and then compare it to the real observation and say, okay, our impact is somewhere in this uplift that, that appears. We're not necessarily claiming all of the uplift comes from ASO. Uh, but at least being able to try and isolate uh, the impact uh, of where we expected things to go and where they actually went. Um, and otherwise, we also we also work uh, with uh, the data science team more at a very micro level, I would say, to try and have um, estimates of how many downloads do you get based on a keyword volume and and rank of your app for for that keyword, so that you're also able to project uh, specifically when doing keyword optimization, what what may have been the impact uh, of your keyword optimization, not just on visibility, which is an important part, but also on your downloads. Uh, I think it's a lot more um, complicated, not complicated, but it's, it's very down to those minute details, right? And very more subtle, I think, with ASO, as you said, because it's that, that long-term game um, that you're going for. Absolutely. But at the same time, I will make the argument that uh, ASO has been a great uh, learning opportunity uh, for a lot of companies because since uh, Apple introduced app tracking transparency. Um, paid UA has struggled more with the problem of being able to assess its own impact. And in a way, uh, companies that had already this challenge of trying to measure the impact of ASO have been able to just discuss internally how 
the same methods can be replicated uh, if you're thinking that you're losing uh, more than half of your traffic, for instance, uh, in attribution uh, via uh, uh, the IDFA. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's definitely more complex today, but it's something where it's, it's also helped kind of bridge uh, the, the gaps between different parts of marketing. Uh, and everyone gets to learn from each other and, and see how, in the end, it, it all pieces back together for the user. The user is not going to think, oh, I, I even remember downloading this game because I saw an ad on Facebook. No, they, they will remember why they thought the game was interesting. They will remember uh, what was their first experience in the game and if they what may have driven them to become uh, to purchase certain items or to subscribe to to a package in the app, but it's everything is supposed to work together. So we may also uh, just start doing it when it comes to attribution and not work in silos and instead try to have the, the full marketing team uh, work as a single unit. Oh, that's a great point. I really like how how you you phrase that. Yeah, how it can make, become more of a holistic holistic approach. Um, one last thing for customer insights, because that's such a big thing. You know, um, talking about how if you want to have an, a successful app, it really needs to be customer centric. What role does um, ASO play here as far as getting these customer insights? Um. I think the easy answer would be to say uh, the role of ASO when it comes to that is to look uh, at um, reviews and ratings, uh, which I, I do believe is a goldmine that not enough people uh, exploit. Um, my take is that you should first look at your own reviews and ratings to um, to make sure you know what are the top frustrations of your users uh, I think some you should also learn to live with. Uh, I know that for a lot of premium premium model uh, or rather freemium model apps, um, it's important to be okay with the fact that most of the time people are going to complain about not uh, all content in the app uh, being accessible for free. Uh, but it's still important to monitor and make sure you know what people speak about if the amount of people complaining is acceptable as well, uh, but also work on what's working for your users. What are they mentioning when they're being positive about your app? So you know what benefits to highlight in your marketing. Mm -hmm. um, and then also look at uh, your competitors. Uh, you can learn a lot from what are going to be the strengths and weaknesses of competitors, how them can influence your own product development and your own marketing. Um, and one very uh, quick way to do this, uh, sort of a hack in my opinion, is to, to go on uh, uh, an Android device uh, because Google Play has these review topics that are identified by one of Google's many algorithms. Uh, it's not the case for every app, unfortunately, but when you can find an app that has some review topics, you start understanding what are some of the product benefits, uh, some of the features that matter to users, uh, and it can be great. Now, to be complete, there's one more thing I would mention as uh, insights from ASO when it comes to 
taking a user-centric approach. Uh, and that's rethinking about the meaning of a keyword volume. Um, I, I, I think that it's very easy to just, uh, for someone starting in ASO, think that keyword volume is going to be a key driver of choosing which keywords to target. Um, I would say do look at relevancy as well. I know that um, our team at AppTweak uh, released a relevancy score that's calculated by um, our, uh, our own uh, uh, language programming uh, tool um, that's uh, been released recently. So it, it makes a difference, but beyond that also things that knowing there's a difference in volume between two keywords tells you which, uh, what, what terms are used by uh, actual people uh, when, uh, when searching for something. Uh, I think when it comes to music, uh, it's very uh, impressive to me to know that mixtapes uh, are still a thing when it comes to search. Um, and also see the value beyond. I think if, you're, if, you're, if your user research team is trying to do a, a study on brand notoriety, uh, being able to just compare the volume of your brand with some of your competitors is a great way of having a, an idea of what's the unassisted uh, uh, brand notoriety of your product. Interesting. Um, and you mentioned a little bit about, you know, relevance, relevancy score being one of um, the things that AppTweak, a newer feature. Uh, we've heard that there's um, some cool features coming up for AppTweak. Can you maybe give us a little bit of a, a sneak peek of what we, what we can look forward to from AppTweak? Uh, I think there's a lot coming out. And to be honest, it, 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 our product team is amazing, but they make my job quite hard because I, I have a hard time keeping track myself. Um, but um, I think the, the latest announcement we've made was uh, releasing Atlas, which is uh, a technology that we have where uh, we've basically uh, had our data science work on for two years on, on this tool that actually um, calculates uh, or establishes the semantic meaning of a keyword in the store. Because uh, a keyword in the store, um, until you put, uh, well, now atlases or otherwise a human's perspective on it, uh, a keyword would just be a string of letters. Um, so knowing that G-A-M-E spells game and that games are a concept uh, that uh, refers to something you can play, uh, is something very different from just thinking, okay, we're, we're expecting uh, G-A-M-E to be um, whatever has the keyword game uh, in its app title, for instance. And so what Atlas does is that we're able to compute a value, uh, a vector for each keyword and for each app that is available on the store. And with that, we're able to start doing calculations so that we're actually able to, for instance, compute the relevancy score of a keyword for a particular app. And one example I love to give is when we look at relevancy scores uh, and proximity between keywords like run and running, 
Run and running for you and I probably means almost the same thing. And where Atlas is very uh, is a very special uh, technology is that since Atlas takes this uh, meaning as only in the context of the App Store, it's going to tell you they're not too far away, but they're quite different. And that's because if you look at the top results for run, you'll actually find gains such as Minion Rush, such, such as Subway Surfers, um, all the games that we called runner games. Uh, whereas if you look for running, you're going to get apps like Strava or RunKeeper, which help you uh, go out and exercise in the morning. Uh, and so there's this big difference that only exists in the store and that you can map with, with this technology. Um, so that for me has been a, a game changer, definitely. And I think the other big changes we've seen are around uh, new features from Apple and Google. Uh, we've been the first tool to, uh, to offer monitoring of your app and your competitors uh, in-app events. So if you want to see when your competitors are running in-app events, what, uh, what topics do they talk about in their in-app events? How often do they run them? Uh, you can do that in AppTweak. We've also, uh, we've even done uh, live ops very recently. Uh, so you can actually fetch both now. Uh, and I know that the team is hard at work for more around iOS 15, for instance. So uh, I, I won't go into too many details because I don't know what I'm actually allowed to say but there's a lot coming up that's going to be super exciting. Great. Well, thank you for that. Uh, what you've shared so far sounds sound great and interesting. I'm sure people are going to love it. Um, just to wrap it up with our final question, Simon, because uh, you've been so great of, of taking time with us to explain such interesting and sometimes quite complex concepts. But to wrap it up, um, as an ASO guru, uh, what would be your mantra, let's say, uh, your mantra for app success? I don't know how I feel about being called a guru, but if it's just about uh, sharing a couple of thoughts that can keep me uh, late in the office uh, in the day, I'll say uh, an important thing to remember is um, that the goal of marketing is to, um, and ASO as a result, is going to be just explaining why your product is relevant to a user. So it's both think about which users are relevant for your product, how they can be convinced. Uh, and so that ties back to the whole challenge of being user-centric, I think. Um, and, and that's where my take is to say that you have to be user-centric, but you have also to think about the experience of the user while they find, about your app, find out about your app. Well, Simon, thank you again so much for sharing all of your uh, or some of your knowledge with us and taking the time to uh, take us through um, these ideas and these uh, and these ways and tips that uh, app marketers can can take and hopefully um, incorporate into into their own journey to to app success. So again, Simon, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. Fantastic. Thanks again. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the App Growth Show. We hope you were able to take away some actionable insights in relation to App Store optimization and how a tool like AppTweak can help you stay informed and up to date in today's ever-changing mobile landscape. 
If you found today's episode to be helpful, please visit us at appgrowthnetwork.com and book your free call with us to supercharge your mobile growth. See you in the next episode. Bye for now.